All right, welcome to a Friday of Lacrosse Talk PM. Yeah, we just said that phone number. UW Lacrosse Political Science Professor Dr. Anthony Trigoski in here. No peeps today, though. Trigoski, no I didn't bring you any peeps. No peeps. My colleague Tim Dale, who has been on Lacrosse Talk PM. Saw root beer peeps. Is root beer peeps. I found some peeps in my house. Yeah, I forgot them. Oh, no idea how old they are, but they're very unique, like flavored peeps. And I set them somewhere so I would remember them. Of course, I set them somewhere where I remember them and forgot where that perfect spot is. You ever do that? You like, I'm going to put these here. So I remember I'm going to take them out of their normal area. I'm going to put them somewhere where I will remember to bring them. And that somewhere it's supposed to be kind of in the mix where you're every day walking around, and then I just don't no no idea where that where that is now. Well, if I would have just left them in the area where the peeps go, because I have a peeps area, of course, uh, or a junk just gross food area or a junk food, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, peeps in my head are just kind of gross. But um, well, we did find out last time that they are good for a solid two years. Right. And I think we're probably at the two and a half year okay. mark. I think there were two Christmases ago. Okay. Um, also, you pounded the whole thing of Peeps last time. I just sure. absolutely crushed that 15-pack of Peeps. The, other, the only thing I'm disappointed by, I'm, it's fine. You want to eat a whole thing of Peeps, it's fine with me. I've done that to other things and then felt really bad about myself. You probably did the same when you got home. Yep. Is that we did not even do like peeps? Were you talking rah, 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 with peeps? Rah, rah. We didn't even like. I don't understand why you were so like, formal and the fact that you're going to eat your peeps off the air while not talking. We should have did a whole segment while you're eating peeps. Well, can I do political analysis with five marshmallow peeps in my mouth? Exactly. Like that is a segment we need to do up until <laughs> Easter. And for some reason, peeps are Easter. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus, well, Jesus died on the cross for peeps. There you go. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. If you have questions for, uh, you got, uh, you know what, political questions, fine. It's just a lot of politics stuff going on. Uh, life advice, we'll, we'll do that too, right? Like we, I think the two of us could probably figure out and solve all of your problems. Um, biggest political thing, like I don't want to deep dive yet. I just want to bring it up. Like what is the biggest, I mean, I've been, I've probably been beating into the ground, Governor Evers, to your budget. And I just started to think, like, wow, I also did some school board candidate talk to inter- intermix that. But I think that's all I talked about all week. But the two-year budget thing, man, they ain't going to figure that out till June or July, right? So I'm like, oh, man, maybe I need to, like, tamper down the, the conversation. But, man, there's just story after story after story. It's all about setting the tone for the debate, Rick. So Robin Voss, the Republican Assembly Speaker in Wisconsin. We're not deep diving. I know we're not deep diving. He's just lowering expectations. He's trying to say, hey, local governments, don't get too excited about all the money you might be getting. Because there's a $7 billion budget surplus. We talk about it all the time. Yep. And Governor Evers has a lot of plans to distribute that money to uh-huh. different localities and, and schools and different levels of education. And then the first story came out a couple of days ago, Republicans uh, lower expectations about the budget surplus in general. And then today's story is uh, lower the budget surplus, lower the expectations for each. Hey, Mayor Mitch Reynolds, mm, your police and fire departments might not be getting the funding that, that, that you know, Governor Evers has told you. Well, just like lowering expectations about the capital budget. So Governor Evers proposed a $3.8 billion capital budget. 
about 1.8 billion of that for UW system projects and then the other 2 billion for other things. And again, Republicans saying, whoa, 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 whoa. It's not going to be 3.8 billion, the final version. So it's been all about sort of playing the political game this week. Uh, well, what's Republicans' idea then? Well, probably to chop off uh, over a billion dollars at least. And from, then do what with that money? And then spend it on capital projects, the UW system, other state funding for different projects around the state, just these construction projects. I mean, that's kind of like the capital So there's not projects. a conversation here about just like Republicans aren't doing the, we're going to send you a check back in the mail versus... Well, right. and, and that gets to the tax cut debate because the Joint Finance Committee, they're the committee that handles the budget. I just realized we're deep diving. We are deep diving. <laughs> they basically said the people on the Joint Finance Committee said that they're not going to do the flat tax, the tax where everyone would yep. pay the same well, percentage. In, in my head, these are two different things. We have a budget surplus. This is one-time money. Yep. And, and then if we're going to do a flat tax or a tax cut for middle class, that's going to change the system. So two years from now, we're not going to have a $7 billion budget surplus. We don't really know what the budget surplus would be two years down the road. So it's like, all right, what are we going to use the big pile of money for? The Uncle Scrooge money bin pile of money. I don't know if you get that reference from DuckTales from the 90s. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then how are we going to change the system where we don't have this pile of money? Uh, we learned with Adam Murphy the other day that the majority of this pile of money is from corporate profits jumping by like 120% from two years from right before the pandemic to, to now. And Rick, related to that issue, like one time money versus longer term things, Governor Evers was saying, well, let's have $3.8 billion in projects for UW and for other state projects, but let's use half of, let's use cash for half of that money. Let's borrow about half of it. Let's use cash for half of it. And so that would save money because you're not borrowing money, paying interest on it. And it gets back to this idea of like, how much do you spend on one-time projects? How much do you spend on things that are going to have effects down the road, like, like a major child, tax cut? Like uh, like assisting with childcare or something like yeah, that? Yeah, like, um, like things that are longer-term things. Free school lunch. Yeah, things that go beyond this year. How much do you focus on like one-time construction projects? For example, the science building at UW-La Crosse that yep. has been proposed. Versus how much do you focus on longer-term things, like a permanent tax cut? You say like has permanent been proposed. Program. Was proposed six years was ago. Was proposed six years ago, and now maybe, possibly, perhaps, it might finally happen. All right, some of the some of the more fun things. Is it more fun or funner? Some funner, of the funner, more fun. Some of the funner things, funniest, funner. <laughs> some of the fun things we're going to talk about about that is eliminate the whole uh, thing. Uh, National Park Service says, never push a slower friend down if a bear attacks. Which one of us do you think is faster? Right now? Um... I think I could push you down. Is, yeah, is but, but am, am I faster, though? But this is pushed down. Yeah. The National Park Service was giving some valuable advice about what to do if a bear attacks. They it, said that if a bear attacks, you should not push your slower friend down okay. so the bear eats that friend. I have thoughts, but we can't do it right now. Um, another one. Heinz, Heinz, the ketchup yes. manufacturer. Whatever. <laughs> That's a weird way to call it. Heinz to give... New boat to man who survived while lost on sea, and he survived how? He survived on ketchup and seasoning. Mm. Uh, Microsoft <laughs> puts new limits on Bing's AI chatbot after it expressed the desire to steal nuclear secrets. Yeah, let's just say that this new era of AI can get a little creepy. We saw that with Microsoft's Bing AI chatbot. 
wanting nuclear secrets. And then the last kind of goofy thing we have, Santa Fe, New Mexico could be first state with an official aroma. Whoa, we need this. What are we what is the last state thing we argued about? Wasn't it like donuts or something? I can't like remember. the state food? Was it state food? I feel like oh, we're gonna have to look this up because it was just we we talked about this in the well, last. Now Wisconsin might need a state aroma if New Mexico is gonna have one. All right, so p- people text me in 608-785-7914. What should Wisconsin's state aroma be? Be creative, please. Don't just say beer. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. We're going Miley today, I guess. Yes. I feel like we're going to go Gwen Stefani next. Yes. That's UW UW Lacrosse Political Science Professor Dr. Anthony Dragoski. If I'm out of it a little bit, it's because my dog had uh, eyelid surgery today. So I'm just kind of... She's okay, but it's just 12-year-old dog. Uh, So a little worried today, but I'm... We're good. She's conehead right now, laying, uh, hopefully laying on her bed comfortably. She was comfortable when I left, but just, so I'm a little distracted, but uh, what were we talking about when we left? We were doing, well, we kind of did a rundown of everything, uh, goofy, goofy, but what were we doing right in the break? We were talking about something I wanted yeah, to bring up. Yeah, talking about oh, the, text, the, the capital projects. So Governor Evers has proposed about $3.8 billion on building upgrades around Wisconsin, about half of which would be spent on the UW system, other big ticket items related to like the Wisconsin History Museum, some youth prisons. And then, the a, how, and then how to pay for those. And we got a yeah. text from no name on this text. So if you want to text me your name, but he said, uh, where did the text go? Is it better to borrow on routine capital improvements or not? So, yeah. So- and, and I will say that uh, while we just promoted the idea that we could talk about anything, life advice, uh, politics, uh, bringing Trigoski on to discuss whether or not the state should borrow money or use federal surplus money, not federal surplus, budget surplus money to pay for capital improvements. Probably not his forte. The Your forte would be in this regard, how would you, as a political science professor? Yeah, I would say that now might be the time to pay for some of these projects with cash given the seven billion dollar budget surplus. But your expertise would be like the there the the Republicans are going to use this conversation to do this and Governor Evers and yeah. Democrats are gonna you, you know, this conversation is you yeah. know in a, in a like or everything is is, is being used politically. Here. I, I see what you're getting at, Rick. So Governor Evers wants to go big on capital projects. This capital budget is much larger than the previous one. So he's kind of trying to set the tone here by saying, look, let's go big and let's use cash for much of this set of projects because of the $7 billion budget surplus. Governor Evers wants to make the Capitol building taller. No? Is that one? Is that in the... <laughs> well, no? he also wanted to sell some of these state buildings in order to offset some of the costs. The so- audacity. Yeah, so using some uh, kind of downsizing the state footprint in Madison, having a bit of a different set of buildings, a smaller set of buildings that could be used. Okay, wait a minute for state employees. Is he stealing like Republican talking points by downsizing government by selling government buildings? You could argue that, Rick, because this brings up brings up a thing that I brought up the other day, and I just this is I I wasn't reading about this, but when Governor Evers proposed that when the Republican National Convention comes in here next July, not this coming July, but July twenty four, the presidential whatever, 
uh, Trump DeSantis, right? It's coming to Milwaukee. Kind of a big deal. Governor Evers proposed that bar time be extended to 4 a.m. in those surrounding counties so that, you know, Republicans and whomever comes to that convention to party, they want to stay out later. Like, right? That's that's going to be a given. Any other big city, you know, like New York and stuff, that would that you wouldn't have to do that. Did Governor Evers sidle in, not even thunder in here and steal Republican talking points, lobbyist talking points on doing this before they even... Did he, it, is this a political win for him? Is it? Yes, it, 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 it absolutely is a political win for him. And Rick, in fact, I've heard that the Tavern League would prefer to just have this not be included in the budget. This was snuck into the budget, and this happens a lot, Rick, where there are things that are not necessarily budget-related that end up in the governor's budget. So Even if it wasn't in the budget, he could propose he it could on its own and propose say, hey, it. legislature, take this up right now. He could propose it, and I've heard that there's likely to be a standalone piece of legislation that could address this. But Evers stole this from Republicans and from yeah. groups that want to promote, like you the know, Tavern League, the Tavern League, the Tavern League. Um, so now he's stealing something about selling government buildings. You know, yeah. So WizPolitics.com reported that there could be a standalone bill to extend the bar time in Milwaukee and several surrounding counties, as opposed to including it in the budget. Because last week, uh, Robin Voss was mad that Governor Evers proposed that we give $290 million to the Brewers for stadium renovations in term, in, in exchange to keep the Brewers around. Maybe that was a couple of weeks ago. Um, and Robin Voss, the Assembly Speaker, the most powerful Republican in the state, wasn't mad that Evers proposed giving a billionaire millions of dollars. He was mad that Evers stole that kind of talking point from him without discussing it. This is three times now that I would say that Governor Evers has stole something that Republicans want to promote. Uh, He's just ahead of him on their game, this old white-haired guy. Rick, we saw the exact same thing, to your point, with the sales tax, this idea that we can redirect some of the sales tax money to local governments. Take one penny of the five-penny sales tax on the dollar and put that money towards local governments. That would represent a massive increase in spending that could go towards local governments and a massive increase in the shared revenue program. We know that both parties do agree that there's a major problem when it comes to funding for local governments and this could be an attractive solution for state lawmakers it, it doesn't raise taxes but it can't be now because governor evers but thought of it now, and the republicans control the yeah but now it's about who gets credit so, for it so is there a problem here in the state republican party that they have a leaker oh Somebody, they have all these great ideas we want to extend the bar time we want to sell some of these government buildings we don't need all this government we want to uh, help fund local governments instead of state governments. We want to help the small governments. Do they have a leaker? Because these are all great Republican ideas. I love that conspiracy theory, Rick. Who would yeah. it be? Who is on their way out? Because it's always a Republican on his way out. I, it could be. I don't know. Maybe. It's definitely not Glenn Grothman, right? Glenn Grothman, yeah. So, Rick. This is something that we need to get into because Glenn Grothman is a member of Congress from the district. Don't say Congress because that confuses people. Member of the House. U.S. House. U.S. House of Representatives. when you say Congress, Congress is Senate and House, and Senate has six-year terms and House has two-year terms. And he's got a two-year term, and he's been serving for five terms. Now, Rick, Rick, when he first ran for Congress, he said that he would only serve for five terms and— well, he's kind of changed his mind about that. He he represents the district that is north of Milwaukee, east of us, and north of Milwaukee or Madison, uh, north of Milwaukee. Oh, okay, and so it goes to the uh, it goes to the edges you of the state. You realize you just said east of us. 
Yeah. We're in lacrosse, buddy. It's true. Does he represent the Mississippi River? <laughs> well, I guess, I mean, you could have, I mean, he could have been north of us, but you said Milwaukee and then east of us. Like, it yeah, could dude, be. Yeah, you I know, know which way Milwaukee is. Kind of like how Tom Tiffany is like north of us, yeah, right? Gotcha. In anyway, northern Wisconsin. So he, he's, he's proposing that he, what, why? So he needs a run for a sixth term. First of all, Ron Kahn yelled at us for this. Ron Kahn gets reelected, you know, what, two years ago. And the first thing we ask him is, hey, Ron, when are you going to retire, right? Like, <laughs> are you out? Are you going to retire? Which he did. We were right to ask him that right after he got reelected, right? Um, but we're we're just a couple of months into the dude's terms, and he's already, like, throwing out, what is he, throwing out feelers? Like, ah, how's everyone going to take this if I run for a sixth term? But usually this, uh, you know, Ron Johnson, he said the same thing, right? He was going to run. Then he had, what, save America? It's always I got to save. Does Groffman have to save America? No. I mean, Rick, you know, he, he, basically, Rick, he says that he's campaigning and raising money for a sixth term. He's talked to a lot of people over the past few months, and no one's told him that he shouldn't run again. So, Rick, this happens all the time. Could you in imagine politics. somebody telling, "Hey, man, like hey, I'm you Chugoski. gotta go. Let's just you say, gotta like, go. every two years, your contract's up. Maybe it is. I don't know how it works at UWL. And and you're like, and I just go to you, you know, Chugoski. You're pretty good on the show here. You know, you seem to do, do be you seem to be a fine political science professor at UWL. But you gotta go, man. I don't think it's. You, you should probably retire. You should probably get into something else. Like, I do. Who's gonna tell him that? I do love that quote that the Associated Press included from Growthman because he says, "I've talked to a lot of people over the past few months. Nobody has told me I shouldn't run again. Like, who would tell you as a member of Congress? You gotta go, like, man. You gotta go. People that you're talking to anyway. Because if Growthman yeah. talked to me, I'd be like, dude, you're 67 now. You're gonna be 69 in two years." And and I'm not trying to be ageist, you know, but you've been here a decade. You gotta go. Like, I don't even know anything about you. And Rick, this raises some real concerns for me. Congressmen all the time, or members of the House, to be more specific, yes, to your terms. they always or frequently say, hey, I'm only going to serve for this long. That's something that we frequently hear from members of the House of Representatives. We've heard that from Derek Van Orden. Now, I'm not saying Derek Van Orden is going to break his pledge, <laughs> but that happens a lot when members of the House say. Does it ever not? Does it, does a does a congressman ever do the opposite? I'm going to run for as long. I'm never going to retire. I'm going to run into. You cannot get rid of me. No, there have been examples where people actually do stick to their pledge to serve for a certain amount of time. But time after time after time, we have seen members of the House break their midterm pledge. And Rick, what we do know, it's not. It's it's not. No, we. I actually talked to one of my political science colleagues about this, asking, "Hey, has anyone ever been punished for breaking a mid?" term limit pledge and he couldn't think of an example he doesn't think voters really punish people if they break their pledge to serve a certain number of terms so it seems to be a political winner to go to congress and say hey i'm only going to serve for two terms hey i'm only going to serve for three terms hey i'm only going to serve for five terms and then after the amount of time you said you'd serve say oh actually people are saying i need to stay i need to save america Every time, every time you run for something, just say you're only going to stick around for a. It's a huge it. winner with voters because the voters love the idea of term limits. So run for office, saying that you'll only serve for a limited amount of time, and, and then, then save America. And then after a certain amount of time, the time that you said you'd serve, say, "Oh, actually, I need to stay here to save America." We'll be back. Oh, this song does not kick it right away here. There we go. Okay. 
Do you do you when you hear songs like this, like think of a time in your life when you were listening when you hear old songs like oh, oh yeah. this is when I used to, you know, like this is my cruising with the windows down while driving home from high school. Song, oh yeah, you know, this not- is like middle school dance or awkward middle school dance song. <laughs> 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. You to be lacrosse political science professor Dr. Anthony Chergoski on with me uh, as he is every Friday. Let me see here. Uh, Representatives Kagan and Ribble both followed their term promises, uh, Green Bay Area Congressman. It does happen. It does happen, and we should give people credit when they make a term limit pledge and actually stick to it. Yeah, but they're leaving, so why give them credit, right? Yeah, we can't really give them credit. There's no harm in just saying. There is is absolutely no harm in running for office, saying you will stick to a term limits, and then – not sticking to you, that term you limit pledge. Political science nerds, do you study this and then like yeah. you have the numbers? Like the person, I know you don't have them off the top of your head, but like the percentage of of uh, state legislators or maybe federal legislators that say they're going to end after the, and then they go and and they don't get real, they don't end their term when they say they will, and then they also get reelected. There's always they must there must be some. Yeah, I I don't know for sure the percentage of members of Congress who make term limit pledges. But what I do know is that voters rarely, if ever, punish a politician for breaking their pledge to serve a certain number of terms. Right. So anyone that's running for anything, just say you're going to. Just say you're going to stick with three terms in office. And then after three terms, say, oh, actually, I need to save the nation. So I need to run for a fourth term. Unless you're a senator, because that would be 18 years and people or or a U.S. Supreme or a Wisconsin Supreme Court. That would be 30 years. Uh, Why does the president real? I don't want to dive into this, but why does the president have two terms? And that's it. Well, that's the only term limit. Yeah. So as the Constitution was originally written, there were no term limits for presidents. Now, after Franklin D. Roosevelt was elected four times, the Republicans decided that they should institute term limits because a lot of people were angry at Franklin D. Roosevelt for running for office so many times. And so enough Democrats went along with it so that it was passed into the Constitution, became a constitutional amendment for two terms. Uh, And I could say FDR, right? Like, oddly enough, FDR said, you know, I'm only going to run for two terms. I remember seeing (laughs) he tweeted about that right when he was Yeah, I think he posted that on Facebook. Oh, it was Facebook. My bad. Yeah, because he was older. (laughs) He's older, right? Uh, All right. We got a Bob. Oh, no, no, Bob's not calling in. Oh, oh Bob's over here. Uh, Bob, Bob, you're on with Trigoski. You have a question? Yeah, um, I just wanted to say that. Um, uh, please don't cut me off. Um, I just wanted to say. All right, so let's <laughs> just. Um, all right, Chris is calling in. Oh, Chris hung up too as well. Uh, oh, no, Chris is over here. See, my phones are just being funny. Chris, are you over here now? You're just, it switched lines on you. Hello. Hello. Hey, Chris, you're on the air. You got a question for Trigoski? Yeah, I do. Hey, um, there was an election in Chicago a little while ago, like three days ago. And um, people were talking about the minority vote in Chicago. I have a question. When they talk about the minority vote in Chicago, who are they talking about? Okay, I think he's... Are they talking about black voters or, like, all non-white voters? I think there's maybe the... Yeah, I, I mean, Chicago has a major Latino population. It also has a big black population. Has, I mean, it's a very racially diverse city. Is there a world here where – is there a world? Is it maybe well, – we don't have these. Like there's probably more minority 
minorities versus all of the white people. There might be more people of minority. Does yeah, it make sense? I, 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 like a minority majority right. city, you would call it. If you lumped all the minorities together. I think that's his question, though, is who? what is a minority? It's just like the group of people that isn't the majority. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think in, in the Chicago election, it's really odd, Rick, because you had an incumbent mayor, Lori Lightfoot, lose the primary election. Very rare to see. Oh, a, shit, that a, was the primary. That was a primary. Oh, okay. So oh, that course. wasn't even the final round of voting. That was the primary. And she was already eliminated. Yeah. And people attributed that to her offending both the more liberal and the more moderate to conservative voters in Chicago. I think the onion. She basically post- offended everyone, think, which is not a great strategy. I think the onion posted a headline like uh, Lightfoot surprised she didn't win re-election after saying she hates Chicago or something. Yeah, like that. she had committed so many political blunders. She offended the left. She offended the right. She offended the center. She offended everyone. And it just was a very poorly oper- it was a very poor political operation on her part. So you will have a new mayor of Chicago going into the upcoming several years. All right. I think the, is this Randy? Yeah. Hey, Randy, uh, what should the state aroma be? State aroma? <laughs> Gosh, I don't know. All right, what's your question? You you got a question for Jagoski? Yeah, I do. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, Mr. Kardoski. Uh, if I was to uh, make two lists for uh, Mr. Biden's performance, uh, I could give you numerous, numerous failures. It, it, just about everything he touches. Uh, you guys, obviously... Think the sun comes up and sets in his rear end. Do you have a question? If you could just give me five things that he's done good for this country, I I would be glad to, right. to listen. No, actually, I don't have a positive or negative view of Joe Biden, and I don't like talking about Joe Biden because yep. I I don't talk national politics. So. Yep. Uh, Joe Biden, five great things. I don't, I, uh, it it was, doesn't matter to me either way. What It was hilarious that he fell off his bike. That was great for the country, I think, to see, you know, maybe. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, it's just, it, it's beyond my my ability, my scope of what I want to talk about in this show. And just, Rick, like, just real quick, as a political scientist, I would never express a positive or negative view of Joe Biden. That's not what I do. Of a president, right? I would never express a positive or negative view of a president, no. I would. But I don't pay attention enough to uh, national politics in terms of, of president. In my head, the president signs the bill or he doesn't sign the bill and he goes and, and, and parades around and talks. Well, yeah, people think presidents can just do anything that the American public has this really uninformed in many ways views of presidential power. They think presidents can just bend reality to their will. And oftentimes presidents are just captive by the realities of Congress and the courts. Presidents really can't do as much as many people think. And that can, can is a president just, cancel student loan debt. Ooh, now that's an interesting question. When's the last time a president did something in that manner? Like I, you know, what but, executive but Rick, to, order? To my it. point, though, Rick. Yeah. Like that may get shut down by the Supreme Court, showing the limitations on presidential power. Yeah. So, but there's one example of where a president is wielding power in a yeah, way that is bypassing Congress. It's true. It's true. He's using a funny rule too, right? It's true. And so you could argue that Joe Biden has overstepped in his use of presidential power to cancel student loans. But again, the whole 
situation in the government is based on checks and balances, based on separation of powers, that if the president oversteps, another branch should step in. And that might be the Supreme Court in this case. Um, I'm trying to think of an example. Did Trump do some like bans on on groups of people or people coming in? Yep, and that before, went to the Supreme before, Court even before COVID. There was it went to that. the Supreme Muslim Court ban or something like that. Yep, right? went to the Supreme Court. Um, anyway, so and it, Congress had a chance to overturn that if they wanted to. Well, and I'm doing my fishbowl. We reel it into state government. Um, Governor Evers proposes a, bi- a a two year budget, and we talk about it a lot. Uh, we could say the same thing for Governor Evers' budget because Republicans have literally, not literally, but figuratively said they're going to throw it out the window if they literally did that. It'd be funny yep. because it'd be, I don't know, did they print off the budget and then throw it out the window? I don't know. But they said they're they're going to throw out Governor Evers' budget and start from scratch. Um, so when we talk about, should we be talking more about Governor Evers' budget or should we talk about how Republicans are shaping their budget? It's going to take so long. July, we're not going to have this till July. It, it is, Rick. And so honestly, right now, the focus in Wisconsin politics is mainly on that state Supreme Court election. After the state Supreme Court election in early April, we'll definitely turn our attention more towards the budget process. Right now, as we've been talking about, it's more playing politics as opposed to actually making the budget, more setting expectations about just how much money might be spent, how taxes might be cut, how much money might go to construction projects, kind of setting those broad expectations as opposed to actually getting into the nitty-gritty of the budget writing process. And I'll say I talk about this a lot because, A, this is kind of the first time or go-around for me on this show having this platform and really understanding the the process. Because we did this two years ago, but I was kind of a rookie at this. And just not the political junkie that Ron Kine said I was at that point. I think maybe he might have said that. But uh, on the second hand, we have a $7.1 billion budget, the, the most gigantic one in in state history. And we've had it for over a year. And the state legislator, legislature took off eight months of last year deciding not to do anything with a ever-growing budget surplus, which infuriates me. And now we're going to take another six to eight months to decide what to do with a budget surplus. So we're going to go 16 months in plus because the budget surplus was around $3 billion a year ago. So we're going to go well over a year, a year and a half, without doing anything with a billions of dollars of money. Safe to bet that a lot of that money is going to go with the tax cut. It is going to be devoted for our tax cut. Then there may be... But that incre- is changing but the system. It's changing the system the and has. not the one-time spending. But what would Wisconsin's aroma be? What would it be? People, send me a text. What would the state set be? We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM 608-785-7914. What should Wisconsin's state aroma be? We I never did we got to talking. I never did Google what like the last thing we were arguing. Cheese, it was cheese. We talked the to state Steve Doyle cheese. about cheese. We talked to Mandela Barnes about that. Oh, was it Mandela Should too? it be Colby? Colby cheese. And then Westby was like, hey, buddy. And Mandela seemed to be in favor of making Colby the state cheese. Maybe that's why he lost the election. Well, he was, it was yeah, too controversial. It was too controversial. And Big Colby had it, had Big, a hold of him. Big Colby. But just, we bring in our New Mexico a- a- expert because New Mexico is the first state to propose a, a state a aroma. A state aroma. A state aroma, and it's going to be something chili It's related. going to be green chili peppers roasting on an open flame. Roasting on a – okay, so our, our our New Mexico correspondent, Joe, is on. Joe, you, you know everything about uh, chili aromas in New Mexico? Um, you're calling me an expert, and I've been called a lot worse by better people, but uh... – <laughs> 
I don't know if you guys have ever been out to Southwest and they have green chili pepper festivals. So in the fall, it's, I mean, the whole skies are just filled with smoke from roasted chili peppers. And, you know, we think we know what chili peppers and chili pepper flavor is around here, but it's nothing like what they have down are, there. Have you guys ever been out there? No, I've not. Has, are no. green chili peppers hot? Or like they? No. No, no, okay, because it's, it's they're a hundred percent mild. Okay, because so they wouldn't the burn your eyes. Out there, they have a slopper version. They call it, you know. So if you order a hamburger, you can get a regular or slopper, and slopper is completely covered in green chilies. Now, would the, aro- the most amazing thing you've ever had? So you need to go out there, and preferably during the chili fest uh, festivals. Would New Mexico, New Mexico, Santa Fe, if it was hot chili peppers, would those burn your eyes? I have no I, idea. I don't know. Yeah. See, you're not that know. great of an expert, Joe. Anyway, Joe, did you <laughs> no, actually have no. a question for Chergosky? Like, I know you, we, we were making fun of uh, the, Santa, the, the Santa Fe thing here. Well, more for you. You seem really upset about the budget, and I guess I'm just wondering what about the surplus in the budget uh, gets you so upset? The fact that our legislature took eight months off last year, Ignore Governor Evers' special session. Didn't call themselves into extraordinary session to do anything with the budget. Didn't do anything with the budget surplus after the election like Steve Doyle proposed. Uh, you know, it's some kind of like we've been sitting on this pile of money for all of 2022. And now we're going to sit on this pile of money until June or July. We got to we got to use the budget process to figure out what to do with the, the surplus. Well, we've known about the surplus for the entire year of 2022. We could have did something about it. So that's that's my beef with that. Um, did you come to a conclusion about what you have, you have done in, in our breaks, Tregoski, you've done research on what Wisconsin state aroma should be. I have, I have done very careful research on this, Rick. Wisconsin's Wisconsinites eat more frozen pizza per capita than any other state in the nation. So the state aroma should be the scent that you get when you are making a frozen pizza and open the oven. Okay, so there's wait a minute now. The, okay, first of all, Wisconsin eats more frozen pizza than anywhere else. That's yes. weird. Why is that? We got We lead we the bring... nation if you adjust by population. Yeah. We lead the nation in how much frozen pizza we eat. Is that because of our lifestyle, or is that simply because when you go to the grocery store, there is literally 5,000 frozen pizzas? It is glorious. This is cheese-related, right? Like, yes. Wisconsin's the cheese state, and the pizzas are the cheese thing, and we love cheese, and therefore and we, we love— pr- and, and thus, we probably just have better frozen pizzas than anywhere else. Then coming from, you know, like, well, in my in my situation, of like a good $2 Jack's frozen pizza, I'm good. I'm good to go. No! No. Lots of matzo. Which one's your lots fro- of matzo. What's your favorite frozen pizza? Lots, lots of matzo. Of ma- is it lots of matzo? Yes. I don't even is that Wisconsin based though? I don't even know. I I'll, I'll just pretend it? it is. I also <laughs> I'm uh, I'm big on the take and bakes now. I'm I'm good Oh at, sure, gonna, sure, sure. But okay, so the the aroma could be multiple things when you're pulling a frozen pizza out of the oven. But you're saying oven. What I'm saying is pizza oven. Pizza oven. And then the pizza oven, when the cheese, even in the oven, when the cheese falls off and makes the that burned cheese, burned frozen pizza cheese smell, that could be the state. Yes, that should be it. Okay, so there's that. Governor Evers, remember when we went to the state fair? There was something that we we could eat. Cream puff. What was the deal with cream puffs? Remember, there was something about cream puffs that I do not like them. I know that that. 
created quite a stir. Didn't Governor Evers propose like you could get a free cream puff or you could get a free cream puff with a COVID vaccine? A COVID vaccine. Yes, that was right. But could cream puffs be the state aroma somehow? They I don't know if they they smell like anything really. Is it, is it more just that people think they're delicious, but I don't, and I don't know. I I I, don't, I created a major controversy when I said that I do not like cream puffs. So I don't know if we want to go down that road. No, right? that's a can of worms right we gotta there. Bring, we got to bring back the okay. Burned cheese is good. What about the brewery down south? The just awful, <laughs> that awful smelling aroma, like whatever that is. That's the brewery, right? Yeah, not the treatment plant. Yeah, it's one or the other. When my when my family was here from the Twin Cities visiting, and they were driving. To Gunderson to visit us in the hospital after our child was born. They were like, "What was that smell?" All right, Jeff. John is texted in. John says, "A campfire." Oh, that's a that's good one. Pretty good with like that aroma. One. That's a great one. Um, what about uh, a campfire? What about burned marshmallows on the camp? Yeah, go back to the peep situation. What have you ever campfire like uh, peeps, but in a s'more? Oh, I should do that. I'll do that immediately. I have a fireplace. We could do that. Do you have a grill? Do you have a grill? I do. Nice out. You could probably grill. Let's just grill some peeps. Um, And you know what? Speaking of grill, Dennis texted in brats and kraut state aroma. I like that one too, Dennis. That's that's good. So we got burned cheese from from the pizza oven when you're fro when you put your fro pull your frozen pizza out. We've got a campfire, we've got the brewery smell, and then brats and kraut. Thanks, everybody, for listening.